Yeah, that was the best prepper ever. Seriously, okay, like, so, uh, you fucking uh, no, owned it. I saw so much of myself in that like oh, yeah. perfection of a prep job. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, look at this guy. He's having like wild boar dinners. I'm like, this is me. <laughs> and then a turn. <laughs> Welcome to another special TV episode of season four of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. Brandon, we'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me are my fellow survivalists, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie. This ain't Arby's. Mm. And Brandon. Bill had a lot of guns, just a lot of them. <laughs> um, along with our regular uh, discussions of movies in season four, we're going to take some time to talk about the newest HBO Max hit, The Last of Us, uh, episode three. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film? Or in this case, a TV episode we just watched. Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the episode based on a scale of zero to five, with zero being the perfect episode that you can watch Stone Cold Sober and five being the start of the episode that makes you want to get set on fire by a booby trap flamethrower. Regular or extra crispy? Uh, with that, uh, Brandon, why don't you take us through episode three and uh, what I believe is probably one of the highlights of the season. Oh, don't spoil this for me right now. I get to talk about how good it was. Anyway, tonight we take a beautiful breath from Joel and Ellie's road trip from episode three of The Last of Us. The series follows a band of survivors after a pandemic outbreak destroys the vast majority of the world, creating mushroom-headed zombies. In episode three, we meet Bill and Frank in their quiet and hidden utopia. This episode takes us through moments in their relationship over the last 20 years, from meeting to death with all the subtle joys and frustrations of life mixed in. The season has an IMDb score of 9.3, a subtle slip of 0.1 over the last 24 hours uh, that I checked it, and an average critic score of 96% and audience score of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's just hop into this and talk about um, I, I, I would like to start about talking about Bill and how he prepped his way or how he, uh, what do he call himself? A survivalist, yeah. uh, survivalist away from, uh, from what was, what what is in this show, just a terrible pandemic outbreak. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So it, it's weird for the first, I don't know. What is it like six, seven minutes? Uh, we're watching well, of of meeting you know Bill. I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, does Nick Offerman always just play the same fucking character? He's getting so typecast as like the burly manly man, and then they fucking three or one eighty it on us. And I, I mean, I, I can't tell you guys how fucking much I enjoyed this episode. This was this was to me the highlight of what TV can offer. And uh, and I I want to kind of say one thing real quick about the whole show and my thoughts on the show as of right now, as of episode three, I fucking cannot stand Ellie. And I know that's probably divisive saying that. And so to step away from her and to step, I, I like Joel. I do. I like, uh, what's his name? Pedro Pascal, but, uh, to step away from her and that shitty, I don't know, the shitty part. Um, it was beautiful. It was perfect. And I, I loved it too much, uh, which means that I'm upset that now season, episode four is going to take us back into Joel and Ellie world. But Jeremiah, Actually, you know, I'm going to like piggyback on you on that because the show is called The Last of Us, right? And, you know, it's about Joel and Ellie. 
this episode did something totally different. You know, it started off as a regular episode and then with beautiful fucking direction and editing, it fucking does a flashback in the middle of it and we get the story of Bill. So my question is this, guys. Now, is every episode is going to kind of do something where they're going to focus on another two people oh, God, I hope or so. the last of us regarding to what they're doing, right? Because if that's what they're going to be doing in the future episodes, I think it's a brilliant way to fucking do the season, even though you're following two stories right here, mm-hmm. but you're going to be focusing on another part of two stories. So I, I don't think so. they can. I, I, I agree with you. That would be interesting, but they can't do it like this one every time. No, like they can't just keep. They can't make it heartbreaking and horrible and um, I mean and, and I, yeah. horrible I mean yeah. horrible I mean the way that I reacted to it not not it was it was a wonderful yeah. episode but it's just like I, I did not I'm gonna jump ahead I did not like the end of this episode but oh, I yeah. thought that that in an hour and twenty minutes however the hell long this episode was hour and 20, to develop yeah. yeah to develop two characters mm-hmm. that I found robust. Uh, uh, total comprehensive characters, as though I've known them for years. Uh, I knew their backstories. I knew their their character flaws. I knew who they were. And in such short time, with such little dialogue, you actually got to care about these two people yeah. and the fact that they, you know, that they were trying to essentially make it work post apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I want to. I want two things. One, jumping off of what you were saying, is I couldn't help but but liken this episode to the first beautiful twelve minutes of Up. I don't know if you guys got that same vibe. Oh no, everyone, everyone, and yeah, everybody. That, yeah. I did notice that too, and I was yeah. pissed because I was saying that, hoping that you guys hadn't seen that. Uh, but I, I wrote that in my notes, and then I went and looked online, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's fucking up," um, which I thought it was. But it did did the same thing, like you were saying, Sean, is that they were able to to flesh out beautifully a, a, a full life, not just a Roman romance but a life in that moment but the other thing just kind of real quick jer is they're gonna have to add in characters like this and stories like this because honestly if we're just following along joel and ellie on their little cross-country road trip we're gonna get bored out of our fucking minds and it's just gonna kind of become walking dead-ish you know um jeremiah i know you had something and then ed well to add to what you're saying and um this is what we were talking about in the first episode, right? We were hoping that we we're going to get maybe more self-contained stories regarding to The Last of Us. And I think this episode knocked it out of the fucking park. You couldn't ask for a better fucking episode to actually do something a little different. Yeah, exactly. For the rest of the episode of the season. But you uh, couldn't ask something for something different than what you've known from The Walking Dead and other shit like that. Yeah. Eddie, what I do you think? Asked for, I could have asked for four minutes of difference. I'm not going to lie. I want to hear what those like, four minutes were in like, a minute. I did not like the end. I did not like the wait, end. Wait, when you I say the end? Wait, just what, really? Which uh, part well, of the end? Uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, but oh, when, when he kills himself. Oh, no, no, no. Um, oh, uh, no, no. Oh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind brilliant. Frank. I don't mind Frank. I don't mind Frank killing, you know, d- wanting to die. Clearly, he, you know, I looked it up. He's They're suggesting it's MS or something, you know, terrible like that, where it's just you can't cure it. But to have to have – Bill go out that way oh. to me is oh. is just is so cheap and could not disagree with you more. No, I disagree with you more. I think they're so. I think they're leaving the door open also with him. I think they're leaving the door open. They're, they they just want to keep it. I don't. Know, I, there's a part of me that just feels like he's not dead yet. Oh, he's That's dead. how I feel. Um, I feel like he tried to kill himself, but I don't think he was able to do it. Um, but what they have about 20 years with each other, what from 2003 to like 2022, about 19 years with each other. That's a mm-hmm. full life, right? That was a pretty cool how they sum that up so perfectly. Yeah. 
and that was so cool to see how they evolved every three years um, and how Bill was so survivalist and he was just like, don't thread on me. And he was hilarious at first. And like his ideas were like, bro, bro, this guy has the keys to the town. And he was so on the ball with like turning the water back on and the electricity and has a generator and has gas. He he made me think like, I don't have enough on my house. I need to fucking get this, my shit together. The best part is the first five seconds of the apocalypse, right? It's over. The, the apocalypse has happened and he's on his fucking way to Home Depot. <laughs> like he's like, all right, let's go. Like I, the essentials. The essentials have to be had. It felt it felt like that scene from Parks and Recreation where he goes into the fucking like Home Depot the food and the guy's stuff. like, "Hey, yeah. can I help you?" And he's like, "I know more than I you." Know more. You know, I know more than you. <laughs> yeah, I but, like how he had like a Chevy S10 truck, like just the, yeah. like, and a the oldest trucks <laughs> and a boat yeah. using uh, as Brandon, a U-Haul. I, I know Brandon, you haven't watched uh, you haven't watched uh, uh, Parks and Rec, but he plays this character Ron Swanson, and, and mm-hmm. I would argue. You know, you can you can list the top twenty greatest performances of actors in a show. This is an iconic performance in a show. He is. Is it, is it confirmed he died? Just want I mean, like officially, because they don't want to see the bodies. And well, let's put it this way, guys. What we got in this episode is, from my understanding, totally different from what the game was. Yeah. Joel and Ellie meet Bill by himself, right? And then we find out that Frank already left Bill. Because he was just tired of the whole paranoia shit that Bill was like, you know, putting on him. And so he goes out, he gets bit. So, Frank or Bill? Uh, Frank. So Frank's already dead. So we get this whole story. They totally went the other way from what we know. And this yeah, was a completely different side of story that we saw. Oh. And guess what, man? I think this was the best fucking thing they, where they, they decided to do with this Gave series. Gave us a beautiful show, yeah. And it was so beautiful to watch Bill kind of share the life that he had built with with someone else because it's it's one thing to put all this survival stuff you know like to i i love the idea of of having you know two years of food and having weapons and having a, a basement you know whatever and booby trapping the property all of that is right up my alley like i can see myself doing that over time what i what i identified with more though was the loneliness he felt and that he wanted to share it with someone. And then here comes along this guy, um, you know, After who, four gets, tra- years. who yeah. gets trapped in his ditch in his backyard. And by chance, you know, they know the same song. By chance, they both play the piano, you know, somewhat differently. By chance, it just, you know, it just, it kind of fell into this beautiful love story. And, and that's, that's something you just don't get to see very often, especially in a self-contained one episode, nope. you know, 120 minutes. But on top yeah. of that, too, is that they, they showed, you know, when they showed Frank's frustration, I think it was after uh, three years or six years being together. And they see, you know, you yeah. see his anger and you see him wanting to reach out and to, to contact other people. And then he brings in Joel and Tess. That to me was it was so. We're gonna nice have to friends, see, right? It was no, great to not. see grounded, but it was great to see Ooh. a grounded relationship, right? It was realistic, it was gritty, it was raw, it was not Hollywoodized, but it was it was real. And I think that that's something that that not enough shows try to do is they, they you know we want to try to to plaster over the serious and we want to plaster over the the real, um, but ultimately we have to get that to really appreciate what the hell is going on. Yeah, Frank brought out Frank brought out a good side of Joel, not Joel, uh, Bill. Uh, Bill. Uh, yeah, Bill that was needed. It showed it showed a lot. Like Frank had humanity still inside of him that he was trying to like 
you know, let's build strawberries and let's yeah, the strawberry. And, oh my god, and, that like, scene. It was just like, who the, yeah, who the fuck do we we're gonna bring over Frank? Like, <laughs> it was hilarious. It was funny, but then it was just like, I like how Frank was doing this. He's like, I still want to make sure we are ready for. We gotta be, you know, opening up the doors. We got, you know, you can. There's you have two options of either you want to kill or you want to open and like spread out, you know, faith, uh, I don't know, humanity, and hope. Jeremiah. You see how for, uh, Frank brings this love and this whole type of like, you know, openness to Bill's life. But you also see Bill, on the other hand, being this rock, this support, especially when the Raiders are coming in. And you know that some way he's going to protect Frank. He's going to fucking do whatever he needs to do. And you just see how one and the other supports the other in just a very just lovely way. You know, you got to give fucking props to Nick Offerman and Murray Barlett, who was right from the White Lotus. He was the, uh, he was the, you know, season, season one. Season he was the bell, season one. The bellhop guy. They gave some of the best performances that you'll see all year. I'm just, I know it's the beginning of the early of this year and shit, but you're not going to see anything better no, than that. No, that, that you not. scene where, where, where Bill, Nick Offerman's character, he, you know, he kisses uh, Frank for the first time and you see this hesitation and you see this overwhelming overcoming of emotion and he wants to, but he doesn't like that. That is a masterclass in acting. Like that is subtlety and that's, that's explicit and implicit. Everything that is raw and human, he captured. uh, And I mean, I I've seen Offerman in a couple things. I've seen a couple episodes of Parks and Rec. He was in a great movie, a little indie called the Kings of summer. I thought he did a a fantastic job in that movie, but dude, this scene or that scene and this performance in this episode changed my opinion with Offerman. I will watch him in any episode or any, any context ever. He's on the resort, by the way. Is he telling you about oh, that? Yeah, you're just talking oh, about that. Yeah. He, yeah, he's on the resort. I, I'm so. I've been the one that said that. I watched all of that. That was a good one. It was so resort. You, you have, you, uh, yeah. Brandon, you've got to watch. You got to watch Parks and Rec, if nothing more, than when they go to England. I think it was England. I think it's like season six or season seven opening, mm-hmm. and he gets sent on this treasure hunt uh, by uh, uh, by his his co character. I can't remember who it was. Is just. Amy Poehler's character. Mm. And he's a very serious character in, the, in in Parks and Rec in that he takes himself very seriously. And he's sitting on the bluffs and he reads his poem, I think, by Yates. And it's Nick Offerman at his just one of the best performances that I've seen until this one. Yeah. I think that there's a couple of scenes that just – like you were talking about the strawberry scene oh. mm-hmm. when he has scene. his yeah. genuine laugh. After he takes a bite of that strawberry, it's that, <laughs> yeah. that high, high, yes. funny laugh. Uh, he, you know, that scene, and then there's just a couple of moments where, uh, you know, I think it was it was year three, and Frank says, "I'm gonna get paint and fix the boutique and the furniture store." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get it, but it's like, okay, okay, you, you obviously. You need something. You need something else. And I, that's- think, I think Offerman. I, I agree. I think Offerman has. I think he has grown since Parker and Red. I mean, like seeing this one and the resort. Yeah. I, I think he's a whole another actor since Parks and Red. I think mm-hmm. he's developed a different type of skill recently. The, the resort makes me think. I don't know if you guys watched it all, but it has a lost vibe to it. it like, I was it, telling so him that. I was just saying. He can sing. He can sing too, which I thought was very interesting. Beautifully, I thought that was that that uh, scene where he's singing at the piano is some of the. I mean, 
It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And what what I, I guess I guess the theme that I got from this episode that I think made it so wonderful is that he, he built his life to keep people out. To, to, to be the one that survived after everyone was dead, he was the one that was going to remain. And then he had to rebuild his life to share it with someone. I think that right there is, it's a very interesting way to build an episode around a character who just, yeah, who, it's just so difficult. Uh, Jeremiah. I'll tell you this much, man. Just the thought of like, it's the end of the fucking world. And then you find someone that you want to spend the rest of your life in that. You find a connection, you find love, and you go out the way that you want to go out, meaning that they're That's not going to get bit. They're not going to die of old age. They're not going to die of a disease or something like that. They're going to die in each other's arms. And that is something where I believe, like, and most people, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. Right. Especially, like, you know, if you're biting in an apocalypse, what are you going to do? This yeah. is this. That was a beautiful fucking way how they went out. And, and Sean, just what you said, I think, and I'm not trying to like change your mind. If you didn't like the ending with what happened, I I totally respect that. But what you said, I hit, hit hit me is that you have this character who is pushing everything out because he wants to be the last one. He wants to be the last one standing. He wants to to you know be the guy, and he's the one who finally says, "No, I want to go out because it's on my terms, and I found somebody to to." to die with and die for. And uh, I couldn't survive in any capacity without this person. To me, that, that speaks volumes about his character it's, and it's the transformation. So Hollywood. Oh, it's see, so I don't, Hollywood. I think Hollywood would have been, let's get, let's get him in the truck with Joel. Yeah. I remember when my, when my grand, when my grandmother, uh, my, my grandfather passed away and my grandmother was sitting there on the couch and she looked over at his chair and she she kind of laughed, and she goes, "At least I don't have to get him dinner anymore." And it's like I think that's real life. I think that's it's. I think it's recovery and and persistence and and the will to live. I think that's my problem with the suicide is it's just it just seems so cheap of a good a cheap ending to a really good story. Not Frank's, yeah, but not Frank's. Frank's suicide absolutely like I I, I understand him completely. But but to go out like that for for Bill just seems it seems cheap. I'm sorry. No, Jeremiah, I, I, you and I are on the I, same. I, page I understand here. what you're saying. We're on the same page here. You know, he decided to go out the way that he wanted to go out, and he wanted to go out with his lover. He, he yeah. wanted to go out with his husband. Yeah. You, there's no other fucking way. You know, if you're put in that situation, I can't think of another way where you just sit and just wait. Years uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you think about that, Eddie. Tie break the ship for us. Probably thinking like, yeah. Oh, I. I, I'm sorry. I do feel like I'm with Sean though. I, I think it's a pussy way to go what? out. What? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I'll I, get I, off. Shut the fuck up. I, no, I think you, you, I, you know, just he had the quote at the very end that uh, he said it to Joel. Is like this is why you and I are these us type of people are meant for this. Like we're here for to help. Um, you know, for these people to help, right? And that makes me think. Well, why the fuck did you kill yourself, asshole? You could have helped someone else. Yeah, I mean, he could have had a he could have had a whole nother life yeah. helping, or just 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 someone else out there, a child, or you know, you're, 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 right. There's only. I think it's very selfish with with knowing how many humans are left in the world. It's selfish for taking your own life. Yeah. There's, there's possibly no more humans left in the world. Yeah, the guy can so, barely even walk. The guy can barely even like you know like live on his own. When, He's just going to sit down and wait. When life of humanity is at, at the very brink, every life matters. And I just think at this point, Bill 
he 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 could have he he got selfish in the moment of like oh I want to die with my loved one, but we're talking about humankind here, like to to, yeah. to live on. Yeah, you know, well, he might be the, one of the very few guys, good ones left. Mm. Not to end one's own life, and I think that was betrayed slightly. In a, slightly, this is—I don't think it's even going to affect my score, but it's just—it's upsetting to think that he went out there. Listen, okay, so I do want to talk. I mean, I—I I could talk. Listen, I could talk about Bill, and I could talk about Frank till the end of the days. I could, but I do want to talk about the first. Um, segment that we get right which is with joel and ellie at the gas station which by the way shout out to cumberland uh gas or cumberland farms um that's that's our local gas station up here in the northeast so that was a perfect job oh, with shit's uh, real keeping it yeah <laughs> um but i want to talk about where she goes down to the little cellar area and then stabs the you know that that fucking uh clacker in the like, fucking eyeball she cut him that was weird that yeah. was like a little sadistic right so we need to yeah exactly so we need to i want to try to unpack that a little bit what do you think is that trying to show us that she's just hardcore and we shouldn't fuck with her or so, what i think she's no i think she's curious i think she's curious about she's never been outside. what's inside of her she's curious mm. about how it's affecting other people i think that it wasn't sadistic i think she, you know she recognized that he was trapped and uh, and I think that – sorry, I burped. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, he I'm was – she recognized – at first it was just like I want to like cut and see what's inside him. And then I think she just ended up killing him because she felt like, okay, this guy is like – I need to get rid of this guy. It was almost yeah. sad. Right. It she was almost, almost like him. mercy. Like it's mercy. so funny. It's so funny. Like why do people seem like, hey, there is a dark tunnel or there's a dark hole – I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm going to explore it now and just see oh, what's inside there. Jeremiah, so she, no, no, no. She has like a that, knife, dude. Jeremiah. Come on. She's fine. And she's invincible. Oh, she's she's invincible. That's how you die. That's she's, how you... Very, she's been very, she's been I'm just bubble. talking about as a viewer. In the bubble. I'm with Jeremiah. This is how you die in a horror movie. Do not go <laughs> into dark spaces. Do not go in the garage Exactly, yourself. dude. As a viewer, you're just These like, what the just fuck do are you doing there, dude? I agree. I agree. But you, you, you look at her character. Yeah. She's playing her character really well. Almost as like, you're, you're, it's almost like oh. pissing us off. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? But she's so naive. She's oh, in this she's bubble. Like, well. she's, she's not know how to well. be in the car. Yeah. Well, the car part, car. that was a great part. She's, she plays with like the, the side mirror and the, the flip. She is, she's never been outside. She doesn't know yeah. anything besides her little yeah. bubble. She's like and born me, to this new world, yeah. And for me, Joel needs to get a little bit of a personality. It was <sighs> nice to see him get have a little bit more personality at the at the luncheon with uh, Frank and uh, yeah. and Bill. And it was so How nice to see uh, Anna Tro again. It was just yes. you know wonderful. See, to see her again. look at you. Put that down on my face. It's Put that down crazy. on my face. Yeah, it's crazy. I that... told you. I think I think she's in it for like eight episodes. I think she's I think she's in this for a long while. She's gonna get yeah. But it did. Did it? Was anyone was anyone thrown off slightly? By the timetable of, of, you know, so in, in episode one, we get a 20 year time jump. And I think it's difficult for people to conceptualize just how long 20 years is uh-huh. because I'm re I'm watching this movie going, my God, like yeah. how long do they know Joel and, and, uh, what's the girl's name? Tess. 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 Like was, and, and how integral were they in the butterflies and what, you know, my favorite fireflies, uh, but whatever. My, sorry. Um, and then you had him, Frank, say, "80s is bad." You know, it's there's something wrong. Seventies. So he's the one who produced the code on the radio that is actually the source of Pedro Pascal's uh, character going going to find his brother. And so it's just, I don't know. There's there's some 
there's some integral part that these people have played, even if they don't know it, over the 20 years. And it's a long fucking time. Like, that's long. a long. That's when I graduated from high school. Yeah. You, you right? Like, you that's a long once. time. They've seen them once, right? Well, we don't know how many times they saw him. They could we assume him that we see him a lot more during well, that see, time. He saw period. him a lot more because why else would he leave that letter? They started trading. Yeah. They started trading, yeah. I think, a little bit, right? They did. They started trading. But overall, it makes you think also like 20 years is a long fucking time. They maybe see each other like, you know, five times, I'm, I'm guessing. But you guys imagine like there's been some years there that they haven't seen them the, the most recent time. You know, they're that's a long ass gap of like possibly three years at a time that you don't see somebody, you know, like you see Joel walk in and he knows instantly the flowers are dead and yeah. something's up. Yeah. Right. As, no, as soon as I, my, my thought dead. is that they see each other probably every three weeks or so, every three to six weeks. I don't think it's three years. Yeah. I would say it's whenever they're in the area, yeah. like whenever they're in the area, they stop by. I don't think it's a, it's an assigned time, but I do feel like Frank and, Joel, excuse me, Frank and Bill will be back in the show. Uh, I think that they will be back in the development of the Firefly Network in the in getting people out because they seem to be at least partly responsible for the radio traffic or the trafficking of information. And I think that's going to come in again. I think you're going to see both of the characters again. Yeah, I hope I think so. it was really important for these characters to actually bring into the story for Joel's um, I guess his arc in sort of way because I think that note was left for him to really have an understanding of what his purpose is now. You know, the light, light that fucking fire, you know? And you see guilt. You see the, the guilt that he has when he hears Tess's name. And he kind of like actually, he's been closing his fucking, he's been closing his world off for the longest time. I think that was the whole purpose of him to actually have a more of understanding what his role is, you know, helping this yeah. girl to the next step is he is he doing is he doing rabbit how is he what meat is he using so he had some sort of a uh, uh like a boar in his shed so yeah, that I only that lasts was, so long how long right. is he using <laughs> so i, I, well, he I, had I, chicken. Think, I think he's like a bunch of cured meat he's got chicken he's got eggs he's got a lot of vegetables beautiful vegetables i'm telling yes. you if if i was to choose a prepper to live with i would go with him immediately uh, the fact that he's married to Megan Mullally in real life just makes it even that much more hilarious because yes. would, he has spirits. He did that wine. Yeah. So, it, yo, have you heard yeah. his story about how you got the role? No. Okay. So he read the script, you know, and because of um, like just schedule conflicts and whatnot, he's like, dude, I can't take the role. Megan, his wife, reads the role and he, she stops and he goes, hey, buddy, you're going to Calgary. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, you're going. See ya. You need to do this fucking role. And that was it. Nice. <laughs> nice. And that was Jemai, it. <laughs> so, Jemai, that was it. what you were saying about Pedro, I don't know, Pascal or yeah. uh, Joel, yeah. how like that letter was written for him, and he, the, you know, he needs to move forward and protect this and find that you know spark, right? And like light a little. I feel like by him doing that, that's the same thing. It goes backwards to Bill needs to have that fucking same spark. You know, there's somebody out there that might need Bill's help and his knowledge and his tutelage could help humanity to, to, to strive forward. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the same thing. Like it's almost this, like he needs to practice what he preached there. Like, you know, like, like he, there's only a few good people left in this world. And I just don't feel like that was a top out for him to die. I, I was, I'm starting to get more, the uh, clarification oh, of I mean I am kind of upset that he died. He went out See, on uh, his own, yeah. 
Oh God, I'm so tired of that fucking. So Joel, dude. I feel like Joel has more reasons show to kill where himself that than Joel lost his child. He's already he's already divorced. He lost his child. I feel like that's more. You know, more. His whole goal is to get to his brother, dude. His yeah, family. His that's his, his whole brother. goal. But, but Brandon, it's such a whole false thing. platitude of he went out on his own terms. Well, it's just like you know, if, if you run into a like like when Donnie Yen died in in Rogue One, that was out on his own terms. He went to go do something to accomplish something. This is a guy who just decided that he wanted Romeo and Juliet himself with his lover. That's not the same <laughs> yes, thing. Yeah. This is not yes. the same thing. Like yeah. he went on his own terms. Yeah, well, he had to go push a button to save the empire. That's what I fucking want. I want I'm him just, to go to push a button to save the goddamn empire. He was the stepping stone for the light for Joel, and that was his purpose in the story. That was exactly what it is, man. You know, you can be upset, you can get all butt hurt and shit like that, but dude, that's I can, what it was. absolutely. I I, I, I retain my right to be upset. Dude's dead. <laughs> we never saw a body. There's a reason why he says, "Don't come up here," because he's over there, just like. With the dead no, body. dude, I actually like that shot right there. I think that was such a fucking good shot because you see it through the bedroom window, oh, right? Through the windows, yeah. You don't see their body. You don't, but you're not meant to see it because the last image that you have in your head is the two people happy that they're with each other, their very last moment in their lives. And I thought that was days, great. You get like a 28 days later uh, feel like, you know, how the, you, the dad walked into his bedroom and he saw his parents just hugging each other and they're dead. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So uh, where where are we going next? What do you think? Where's four going? Well, I I think they're restocked. They're refreshed. They're they know, have a truck. Bill yeah, Bill's house has given them the ability to kind of to 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 get food, to get um, uh, guns, to get whatever they need to go out in the future. And now they're gonna. Then now the next episode is gonna be a wandering episode. They're gonna the truck's gonna break down, run out of gas. They're gonna get to the end of their rope. And they're going to have to find something, you know, fight people, find something else. I'm not sure there's going to be any other other character interaction other than maybe at the very end. Um, but it's going to be a wandering episode is what I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. Jer? I hope that we get the same type of style, not the same episode, but just bringing other characters and kind of like, you know, a little flashback of what they went through during this whole type of a you know, apocalypse, you know, pandemic shit type of thing. I think that would be fucking cool because I love how you're introducing these new characters, but you're getting more of a deep kind of like a um, uh, background on their stories. And I like the idea that, you know, Joel and uh, Ellie are just kind of like, you know, the way to get to the next story in a lot of ways, you know, regarding to these other stories that you're going to get for each episode. I hope that's what we're going to get. And so I'm pretty excited if that's how the series is going to like, you know, direct go to that direction. Yeah. To me, to me, to me, this episode really did change a lot of the trajectory of the show because I didn't know where it was going, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, we're we're going this way, and it's <laughs> it's very unique, and it's not yeah. like anything else. We're just gonna have like a whole little micro show inside of a show and introduce characters, and I also love the fact that they really don't give a fuck how long the episode is. Yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, exactly. They don't give minutes, a fuck. Whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? <laughs> They're gonna run out. So I think they're gonna run out of gas sooner or later. Something's up with their car. Somebody's gonna want to take the car away from them because I I think batteries are hard to come by. It seems like the idea of a battery is really hard to come by for a car. So something's gonna somebody's gonna steal one of the the, the battery from the truck, or they're gonna have to fight for it. Probably lose it. But I think they're gonna come across uh, a mini like civilization town that's run by like oh, man. the governor not. style with the like yeah. the Walking Dead. It's yeah. the, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm I waiting for I, Fuck, I'm waiting dude. for it. I hope not either. I'm with you on that. Yeah. 
but Fuck. I'm waiting for it. I know it's going to happen sooner or later. You're, yeah. you're bound to see it. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, for me, uh, I think we're actually going to get a little bit of a backstory. I think we're going to get Tess's backstory. I think that what we're going to get is Tess's backstory, and with cool. that, it's going to be Joel opening up and becoming the character that we want him to be. Um, and I think that that's going to give us a good idea of, of you know who Tess is, which I think at this point in the season would actually be a really helpful thing. So that's my thought. But I do like what you guys are saying, too. I, I would like to just just for, sorry before we wrap up though, if we get Tessa's background, I would like to see a little bit of pre-pandemic, yeah, so that we could get a sense. I want to get a better sense of how this thing Ooh. has spread. Yeah, I want to get a little a little you know a little information on on how it spreads so quickly without people dying. Mm-hmm. That wheat, you're somebody who was right with the wheat. Who said? Yeah. That? Oh, John was saying the wheat. Yeah. I was saying that the other the other episode, like yeah. you know, it had to do with the flower yeah. and everything. Yes. So we at least we got a, a, like you know a confirmation, like that's how it got spread. Super fucked up that if you're on the truck and they they don't have enough room, they just drove you out and just killed you though. That was yeah. uh, that was that was, was, was hard shit, man. Let me just tell you though, Eddie, you really do need to research. Just just go do like ten minutes of research. It'll terrify the shit out of you. How the wheat, wheat today is different than the wheat for forty years ago. It is fucking terrifying. The wheat today. Yep. Even brown today, rice, bro. Look at brown, brown rice. rice uh, yeah, but God all of our it. all of our grains. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Why are you GDing it? Just throw no, white man. Bread, it, it's just, just white bread, bread might man. As well. Might as well fuck it, man. So any fucking bread, sourdough bread. There we go. No carbs. Sourdough's carbs. Sourdough's carbs good. are killing you. All of you. <laughs> carbs are killing you. I think sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out the way I want to go out. Sourdough bread. <laughs> <laughs> And that brings us to the end of review. Hopperman's laugh. (laughs) Now that's the time of the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide the scale, please? (laughs) Yes. uh, Zero, the perfect episode. You don't need shit to enjoy it. Uh, One, a filgered first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or lift him home. Four, rough morning walk to shame. Five, blackout shit face spring break drunk. Gentlemen, let's start with Brandon. Well, I appreciate you guys doing that. And, uh, Eddie, uh, thank you for starting with me finally. Um, so listen, this episode uh, hit me right across the jaw and, and, and shattered some some bones for sure because I, I was not looking forward to seeing episode three because I really don't – I'm not a fan of this show. Um, episodes one and two have been just a constant like, oh, God, we're going to do this again and we're do this again. I'm just tired of this kind of apocalyptic vibe. I just really am. And then all of a sudden, they decided to give us uh, not one of the best episodes of the season, um, without having seen the rest of the episodes, one of the best episodes of the season, but one of the best episodes I've ever seen on TV, just on a self-contained level. What I love, and and I've talked about this, oh yeah, my love for this episode uh, is infinity. Wow. Even you're talking about like Lost and Breaking Bad and and all those shows? Well, I haven't watched most of those. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I'm a movie guy. But anyway, let me just tell you, this show did or this episode did a whole lot for me on, a, on an emotional level um i love movies and i love tv shows that hit you in the idea of uh, hit you in the gut with what does it mean to be human and i know that that's a huge weighty term um and it, you know looking at human nature and the human condition and i i get that but what it does is, is this episode reminds us of what it means to be human what it means to be there for somebody else and what it means to strive after something that you desperately want and finally 
what do you do when you lose it? And whether you like what he did, whether you don't like what he did, I don't think it was Hollywoodized. You might disagree on a moral level, and I get that 100%. But what they did is they did it beautifully. Max Richter, uh, if you don't know him on a comp- uh, composing level, Max Richter ah, is, is absolutely it. stupidly brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle of watching The Leftovers, and he did the music for The Leftovers. Um, the song they play there in the final dinner scene, which is hands down one of the best filmed scenes uh, I've ever Beautiful. seen, um, but that's on the yes. nature of daylight. And and that's Natural used daylight, in so yes. many different movies and so many different shows. And every time it just like makes your eyes well up and uh, it could not have been utilized better. I know I'm going on like Eddie does, but uh, I could talk about this. Lo- oh, my love for on. this episode so fucking much. This is a hands down zero. Uh, I will watch this episode over and over. Wow. Even if I don't like anything else, this is a zero <laughs> for me. 100% zero. Zero slut. Yeah, I am a zero slut. So going from a zero slut, to a uh, zero none um let's go with eddie yes all right guys um so i have to think with this show it's um there's three episodes in so far and so far with the two episodes I, it was it's i i follow a brand like it wasn't i'm just haven't been i don't know it just hasn't got me yet and i feel like it's running a little slow i feel like there's not enough uh depth for characters that it's too much pressure on Joel Miller, the character, uh, Pedro. Uh, I don't like Ellie so far. Like, I, I don't think she's not, I'm, I'm, it's hard not to compare, but like I'm comparing it to like walking dead. And I just don't, there's so many different characters in the walking dead. And there's so many different depth of the characters. Um, I just haven't seen it yet. And I feel like there's not enough characters yet. So, but that being said with this episode, you get a little fresh, uh, a little taste of fresh air with, um, uh, Bill and Frank, uh, that's Hofferman, and I, I forgot the other guy, uh, actor's name. It was nice to see that it was bringing a couple other characters. Just the idea of how the the rest of the world is being handled. This that's what we all want to know. Um, so I'm hoping they deep dive more into that. I think this is a better episode than one and two. So I don't think uh, necessarily that it's rated correctly on IMDb. Uh, IMDb. Um, so I'm gonna give this personally not a zero. Uh, I don't like how Bill took the the easy road out. I'm, I'm hoping he's still alive somehow. And just like, I don't know. I, just, I feel like there's there's not many good people out there. And he has a, a job to move forward with uh, humanity and keeping the, the human race alive. Um, personally, I do like this show, though. Is there's this, this episode brought me back to like, I'm excited to see episode four. I wasn't excited to see episode three until mm-hmm. I saw it. I was like, okay, this is legit. Two kind of brought me down. So it's been the roller coaster so far. Um, I'm going to say this is a 1.5 personally. It's my, for oh. me, it's the best one yet so far. 1.5. That hurts. Sean, you up? Bro, a 1.5. That's a Phil Geard first shot tail for half it with a shot. Yeah. And he's making up from all the Windy scores that he did. Do you, you want me to go? Uh, Jared, do you want me to go? You go ahead, whatever 1. you want. 1.5. Yeah. All right. So in an hour and 20 minutes, they successfully really uh, created a a whole life of two characters. They brought them together. They fell in love. They had trials and tribulations. They showed uh, this show showed two characters who are willing to dedicate each other to themselves, to each other uh, over the course of a 20 year basic pandemic where they were living alone. Um, I think this episode was brilliant. I did not like how Bill went out. I think that that was uh, uh, tawdry and, and it was not commensurate with his character. Um, I'll, I'll forgive it 
because the the episode was very enjoyable, and I, I like a, a whole you know Jack Rose Rose won't move over a little bit to let Jack on the door. I, I get the concept of it. I get that it's romantic. I get that there's there's this fictional idea. Oh, he went out. He's a man who went out on his own terms. I get to see someone saying that, and it just it frustrates me because that's not what that means. Um, it doesn't mean that you know he chose his method of ending. It's that he chose to go out doing something that was above himself or above herself, and he did not sacrifice. Bill did not sacrifice. Bill chose to go out with Frank. <clears throat> that being said, I, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode a one. I think it's a very good episode. I think it harkens back to some of the better lost episodes where you really dive into a character's backstory and you fall in love. Um, it actually reminds me of the, of the episode Walkabout um, with uh, Ontario Quinn when John he learns, Locke. you know, when you basically learn, yeah, that he was in a wheelchair and that the, the you know his prayers were answered in in a post-apocalyptic world when he could walk. Same thing with Bill. Bill was alone by himself and his prayers were answered when he came across Frank in his pit. And I think that was something that changed his life and it irreparably changed these characters. And for that, I give it a one. Uh, Jeremiah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this episode was, um, you felt the strings on this one. It was heartbreaking. It was, you saw two people finding each other at the end of the world and they have this connection and have this whole life, this whole life that they share with one another. And it's just something beautiful to see that. And it's coming from this type of a series. I didn't expect that. Uh, with Brandon, uh, I think the direction, the acting was fucking phenomenal. I think that the music was on another fucking level. You can't tell me when you listen to like uh, Max Richards uh, score where you just see just images and yeah. you know exactly how much love and heart that was during their whole lifetime. It fucking gets me, dude. If that didn't bring a tear in your eye, you yeah. do not have a fucking soul, man. Fuck. It was so much well fucking. It was just amazing for me. But other than that, um, I do have an issue with the episode. I wanted to actually, Joel, to introduce Ellie to Bill. I mean, that was the kind of the whole thing I was hoping for. Having them have a chance to see that there is this life, this opportunity that's going to happen. Like, you know, there is a chance here. Change. And I feel yeah. I, I would have liked this, him to actually witness that chance, even on the deathbed or something like that. But we didn't get that. However, you cannot ask for a better episode. Uh, just structure, style, vision. It was fucking phenomenal. I'm going to give this a 0.5, guys. This is this actually light the fire for this fucking series. I can't wait to see what the next episode is. Let's see what it happens. But fuck, dude, I am, I'm ready to go on this one. Yeah. So, Eddie, when you take those scores and divide by four, what does, uh, what does the average rating come out to? It gives us a 0. 0.5. Seven five. So episode three gets a zero point seven. Don't even need to uh, ask Jeremiah, where that is. Is that the is that the is that number one on our list? It's number one. It's number one on the list for this series, The Last of Us. There you go. Episode three is number one. Episode one is number two, and episode two is number three. So there you go, guys. Excellent. That's a good skill. Yeah, that's like exactly it. where it should be. I like it. Yeah. That's the precisely yeah. where it should be, Brandon. It's just, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> where the cookie crumbles. Let's see anyway, what episode four um, has to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what episode four has to bring. Yeah. Um, all right. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five star review on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. At the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. 
You can visit our website, thegentlemanpodcast.com, where I will be updating it this coming week and getting it nice and fresh with all the new stuff that we're doing. You can reach out to us by uh, email at hosts, H-O-S-T-S, with uh, an S. They're hosts, H-O-S-T-S, at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Remember, um, that's we'd S love to with hear, the Smith. That's uh, S with the Smith. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear... Uh, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, anything you want us to review in the future, uh, how bad Brandon is at, at, you know, defending himself. I don't know. Anything like that is fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, cheers, gentlemen. We will we will see you next week uh, for episode four, hopefully. And uh, I, I really am looking forward to episode four and seeing a little bit more Anna Trova. I hope she's in it. Yes. <laughs> Man, I, I hope we're not going to get for a letdown. I feel like we're going to get a fucking letdown. I feel like the fucking, like, it's because something's going to happen to you, but whatever guys, you know, let us know. Thank you guys so much for your support. We can't wait to fucking talk about this. We'll see you next week. So by the way, Jeremy, uh, relating to your disappointment, HBO usually waits till the last, the second to last episode to disappoint you. So hopefully they won't do that. No, they're going to red wedding yep, us. That is their yeah. fucking, that's their fucking MO, man. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers gentlemen. And we'll see you next cheers. week. Cheers. Adios. Peace out. Eddie, stop. You're going to break that shit. Bro, that was like Warriors right there.